0: Guilty, not guilty, 10 times. Charles tons. Manson, described today by the star Jury witness again. The
1: so-called Night Stalker case reached its verdict today. Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of crime the crime of murder. The woman suspected of shooting Selena is still holding police at Music bay. Music producer Phil Spector was convicted in Monday. In Los
0: Angeles, a killer the police are calling the Hillside Strangler. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, yes welcome to another episode of la legal i'm Nima romani sitting in for liana i'm honored to have my very good friend matthew barhoma barhoma law here with me we're going to be talking about tom girardi and his wife erica matthew of course is an criminal appellate expert so i don't know we'll be talking about some potential (laughs) Potential criminal charges, Uh, we got conservatorships, obviously a lot of civil litigation, bankruptcy. There's a lot going on in a case that's really made for reality TV, so let's get started. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, so let's just jump to it. So Tom and Erica Girardi were living the perfect L.A. dream life, from the rom-com way they first met to the lavish lifestyle they kept up. But all dreams must come to an end. In a span of three years, the public watched their luxury lifestyle unravel through their marriage, spiraling reputation, and tumultuous legal battles. Tom Girardi was born in 1939 and graduated from Loyola High, Loyola Marymount, and got his JD from Loyola, triple Loyola there, in 1961. He is a former attorney, we'll be talking about that, and co-founder of Girardi and Keese, a now dismantled law firm here in downtown L.A. Erica Girardi was born in 1971 and went to North Atlanta High, and at the age of 18, moved to New York City until she eventually made her way to L.A. She was an aspiring actress and singer and rose to fame in the reality show we all know, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Tom and Erica met when Erica was waitressing at an L.A. restaurant called Chasin's, which Tom frequented. At the time, Erica had gone through a divorce of her own, while well, Tom had gone through two divorces, and they stated that they were not looking for anything. But they moved in together and married in 1999. In 2015, Erica's dream of becoming a celebrity came true, and she joined the show. And she joined the show, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Tom was not featured on the show very often, which caused the public to speculate about their relationship. In 2020, Erica filed for divorce from her husband of 21 years and asked to be paid spousal support. Tom responded requesting that the court not provide spousal support for Erica. After about a month of the news of their divorce, both Erica and Tom got sued for allegedly using their split to embezzle money. So, let's just kind of jump to it. Um, As lawyers, Tom Girardi, especially in L.A., I mean, he was an icon. I mean, they called him the kingmaker. Like, if he wanted to be appointed to the bench, he had to get Tom Girardi's stamp of approval. So, Matthew, just kind of coming up, you know, it's it's really a, a huge fall from grace for Tom Girardi. What were your initial thoughts of uh, Girardi, Girardi and Keese, obviously before all of this happened.
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy. And the thing is, like, this is a very local, I mean, think about the local impact of this guy, right? The triple Loyola guy, right? Um, and I, you know, I, I actually, I knew of Tom and, and Tom, you know, his existence knew of him growing up and see, seeing, you know, a, a number of things um, about him. But ultimately, um, some some articles came out and it was baffling, Right. That kind of ensued a lot of speculation. And honestly, it, it it's it's quite baffling. You don't think that someone of his stature of what he's been able to accomplish, the, the, the verdicts that he's been able to get ends up with allegations of this sort.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it just really probably the last person anyone would suspect. I mean, going back, I mean they made movies about this guy, Aaron Brokovich, right? It was yeah. based on one of his cases. He was the by far and away, probably the most prominent plaintiff's lawyer in the country, I would say, or certainly, uh, if not the most, one of the most. And here in L.A., I remember uh, for a while, when I was at Old Melvin Myers, I literally worked across the street from their office uh, here on Wilshire downtown. And I mean, they had a compound. I mean, anyone who was Anyone in the plaintiff's world wanted to work with or for Tom Girardi.
1: It's it's very true. Actually, a lot of attorneys really wanted to go work there. There's a, there's a ton of you see you hear a lot of it about attorneys that wanted to go work at at his firm, wanted to maybe you know get hired under him, um, and the and just the cases, the opportunity he was presented is also immense, right? I, I think that a lot of clients really wanted Tom on their cases, right? Um, I think the most catastrophic cases said, "We're going to go get Girardi." Right, that was like a thing. So um, ultimately, this is a guy who is a who's who when it came to you know the industry into the the plaintiff consumer world, um, and most importantly in LA legal.
0: Oh yeah, no and, question. Um, so behind the scenes, of course, uh, there were a lot of state bar complaints, lawsuits against Girardi and his firm for really stealing client funds and not paying their debts. What I can't still understand is how this was all kept a secret for so many years we're talking about decades worth of litigation and state bar complaints so let's just start with the state bar because i gotta say folks there were either asleep at the switch at best or on the take at worst
1: yeah yeah no that's true and you know so here's the thing you are talking about a very public figure right and maybe some of the worst things that you could do as an attorney right misappropriation of funds is like it's that one thing as an attorney there there generally there's just no getting around it right? Um, the bar will come for your neck. Um, it, clients will come for for your neck, right? So, ultimately, misappropriation of funds, it's one of those things, even dating back to law school, you, you hear many cases, many instances, going into the bar, passing the bar, becoming an attorney. You hear many instances of how that's like the one thing. It's flagrant not to do. So, for it not to come out for as long as it did and actually for us to get information the way that we did i agree with you it's a little suspect it is you know there there's there, there's got to be a rise to a question there how how did this remain under wraps right how did this remain from 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 becoming bigger than it was and even now now that i'm kind of reading back the facts looking back at some things i almost kind of feel confused about the timeline when did this happen how did this occur right but that's because it's all compiled all too much
0: yeah so much to unravel and just like matthew said i mean when you're in law school you know you got to take that professional responsibility class you take the mpre really it's the cardinal sin the capital offense (laughs) do not steal client funds you can You know be DUI and you know there's judges that have multiple DUIs you can have a drug problem you have sex with your clients you can do all these things don't steal money from your clients and obviously you're not supposed to do any of those things but really like it's the number one way like you get suspended you get disbarred it's like do not pass go go straight to jail but Tom apparently has relationships with um, some pretty high-level folks including investigators at the state bar, he's whining and dining them. So I don't know what happens. You make a complaint about Tom Girardi, and it just goes in the trash can. <laughs> so um, really, I got to give credit to, you know, the Los Angeles Times. They're the ones who really kind of pushed this story. They broke this. Story. Actually, you know, as we speak, they're in litigation against the state bar. They filed a lawsuit to get all these complaints disclosed because the bar still is resisting. I mean, they finally relented from—, from You know, giving the media and the public this information for us to really finally understand how botched or how much of a cover up this really was.
1: And if you think about it, I mean, the bar is there as as, um, a a consumer protection asset, right? It protects consumers from people quite like Mr. Girardi. Right, And with that being said, you'd think that all of these bar grievances, they would come to light. They are a matter of public knowledge sometimes. And actually, when there is an official finding, it's posted online. So um, for there to be litigation, for you to be able to subpoena these items, for you to be able to understand a track record of it, makes a lot of sense. But the LA Times article, I thought, was a bombshell. Right, It blew the lid off. It was. It almost felt like it was the whistleblower. Right. It was the item that kind of raised questions everywhere. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think that there's a lot more to come, um, even given where his current state is. I think that a lot of the litigation currently is on based on information and belief. And I'm interested to see what comes next. Right. There's been some depositions. There's been some 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 items here and there. But ultimately, I think that the evidentiary weight of this is probably a lot deeper than what we think it is.
0: Oh, I'm sure it's just the beginning. Right. And there's other folks there that are going to be implicated. I and mean, the question is, will Girardi ever be brought to justice? I mean, we'll we'll talk about that. But I mean, I got got to tip my hat to the L.A. Times. They really sort of uncovered this scandal in a way that um, the state bar and let's talk about the state bar for a couple of minutes. Um, You know again don't come after me but i just really want to kind of tell the truth you know the state bar recently they've been criticized by a lot of folks myself included they're trying to expand access to justice i get it but they're trying to have these paraprofessionals folks that aren't licensed you know to do some quasi legal work and i'm thinking like yo you're supposed to like regulate the people that you know are already members of the bar you're not doing a good job yeah. you know in, in any industry right obviously i do personal injury i don't employment there's runners there's cappers there's all sorts of stuff going on you obviously got people stealing client money and instead of regulating the people that you're already not regulating you want to expand access and have all these other folks who are providing legal services i think that's a problem
1: yeah, um, there's definitely a lot of room for error there. I mean, so the thing is, every every practitioner they worry about their license, right? At the end of the day, their license is a linchpin, right? It's some if they if they want to continue to do this profession, um, they got to operate correctly. Now, if you expand that right? Where is the regulation or how is the regulation going to play out? What kind of protection are you going to be able to afford individuals, especially consumers? If you think about the consumer world, I mean, you know, you talk about it all the time. I mean, you know, these are the people that you essentially give almost what feels like big law experience to, yeah. right? They're the little guy. They're the ones who need protection the most. So, but I am interested though, what do you think is the, um, uh, uh drawing point? I mean, are they, are they expanding it to people who are maybe quasi legally trained? Um, how do you, what do you think about yeah, that?
0: Yeah. So, uh the California State Legislature, they basically pulled the plug on this initiative because it was happening at the same time as the Girardi scandal. And they said, listen, like, State Bar, stay in your lane, do your job. Don't, and look, I get it. Like, people should have access to legal services. Um, but certainly in Girardi's world, you know, there's no shortage of personal injury lawyers. I mean, you know, after the yeah. billboards you see. Uh, <laughs> also, I don't think we need any more of those. Look, maybe there's some areas um, you know, where maybe some access could be expanded. But, you know, in really kind of critical areas, I think like employment, personal injury, there's contingency fee work, obviously you can get a public defender, dependency cases, they're gonna take your kids away for you, the court Uh, will appoint a lawyer for you. So I'm sort of curious to know where the need is. And I think some of the ways you can kind of expand access, maybe have some attorney fees or fee shifting provisions to kind of encourage people to go in that area, as opposed to having non-lawyers let's be honest there's a lot of bad lawyers out yeah.
1: there uh, as is already yeah. uh, as is already I mean people that are already you know un- under this regulation that maybe are questionable I mean you see there's also people who abuse it uh, you know quite well like Tom Girardi like maybe someone like Evan Nettie right yeah. um, Naughty, man. Who, Look,
0: who, I mean the guy was like considered to be like a potential nominee for president, right? <laughs> right, you know? right, right, And uh, then lo and behold, he's just ripping clients off and now he's a extortionist, convicted felon. Um, so yeah, Avenatti, uh, Michael, another person doing time. Now, Girardi is not doing time. So, yeah. so let's talk about criminal charges or lack thereof. I want to talk about his conservatorship. I want to talk about the divorce. I want to talk about bankruptcy. I want to talk about civil litigation. This guy covers (laughs) it all. So we're going to hit all the different areas of the law here today. But let's talk about it. So, initially, the state bar suspends him. Finally, they disbar him, but he basically doesn't put up any fight. So, like, administratively, Tom Girardi is no longer practicing law. Finally, maybe better late than never, state bar, I guess, I don't want to say does its job, but but disparages them. So let's move on from the state. Well, let's talk about potential criminal charges because I think it was a federal judge that initially referred this case. Yeah. I don't know if it's a state bar referral or prosecution, but there has been no criminal prosecution of Tom Girardi.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not to say that it's not to come, but there is a couple of major things I think – that maybe come before any kind of criminal proceedings here, at least in a situation like this. For for instance, there's the bankruptcy proceeding, and there's also making um, the 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 victims whole, right? I mean, th- those individuals, you know, um, they need they need their their payouts, right? Rightfully so, um, especially if they have to live with lifelong surgery, right? Um, another is there's the divorce proceeding that almost kind of seems to be entangled with this bankruptcy proceeding right there's a number of lawsuits already pending now i think if if you're going to talk about the criminal sector maybe you wait until all of that pans out a little bit weighs out a little bit uh, but the problem is going to be his mental capacity. He's already we already have mental capacity issues with him here, right? He's he's already in conservatorship. He um, is diagnosed with you know Alzheimer's or so allegedly. So with that being said, you know, um, is he going to be competent? Is he going to be fit to undergo any kind of criminal proceedings? Which I think is going to be an even higher burden given his age. Given you know, given where he's at, do I do I think that criminal charges should absolutely come down, 100%. There should be some at some point, um, you know, when when the weight of the evidence is heavy enough, there should be some charges. I think it actually is maybe good for society as a whole to show an example to say, listen, no matter what, we we will vindicate for a right like this, um, even in the criminal sector.
0: I agree. And you brought up alvinati a great example. I mean, kind of similar case, you know, around the same time. He's prosecuted by the Department of Justice in New York. He's prosecuted by the Department of Justice here in the Central District, um, Orange County. And he's in federal prison. Oh, and I think he's prosecuted by the Department of Justice here in L.A. as well. So uh, multiple cases going on. So here's someone that's going to federal prison for quite some time. Tom Girardi, of course, no charges filed. Uh, Matthew, obviously, you brought up a good point. He is now under a permanent conservatorship, reportedly has Alzheimer's. So, you know, from a legal perspective, the question is is he competent to stand trial? Right. Can he assist in his own defense? I know you know that issue yeah. probably pretty well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, do you think that is the reason he hasn't been charged, or do you think it's just more.
1: Um, well,. I know, you know, when it comes to Girardi, uh, you see, you see all kinds of just strange things, right? Like, look at how the bar has treated it. Look at how, um, you know, how the 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 lawsuit, the the the. the Div- divorce um, is being treated. How the bankruptcy proceedings are being treated, right? Nothing here is normal, right? I think that criminal charges on anyone else would have came down a long time ago, right? Hence Evanetti, yeah. right? Someone, even someone like Evanetti, who's threatening the president, yeah. right? Stealing, stealing money, just, just like, just like you know Tom Girardi, maybe in a different M.O. And we got to talk about yeah. that Girardi's M.O. But um, you know, um, nothing has been in in the norm for him. Um, I don't think it's solely just his mental capacity. I think that there might be more there. Maybe prosecutors are really waiting. I mean, you know, a guy like Girardi, if you're going to come, you got to come, correct?
0: Yeah, I guess there's white privilege and then there's Girardi privilege, you know? (laughs) The the guy's like bulletproof, you know? So, um, and look, maybe some of these tactics are defensive tactics. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised they got him in a conservatorship, Alzheimer's, to kind of protect him. Obviously, you have the preemptive bankruptcy even the divorce divorce. some people think it's a sham to kind of protect half the assets. And we haven't really talked about Erica Jane. I know it's probably a lot of uh, fans out there. Let's, let's talk about her. Um, you know, I think before all this, people thought that, you know, she was potentially, and again, I don't, I'm not saying I agree with it, but at least on the show and everything, people say, listen, where is this old guy? He's not on the show. You got this gold digger. You got this scammer, but, um, I find it ironic that at least it turns out, and again, I don't know what, if anything, Erica knew, but we know that Tom is a scammer. Yeah. What, if anything, do you think Erica Jane knew?
1: I, that's the magic question, right? How bonafide is Erica Jane, yeah. right? Are you bonafide or not? And I have my suspicions here, okay? I'll tell you why. I wanna give her the benefit of the doubt, right? She wasn't, she's not an attorney. Yeah. She didn't work necessarily, although she got paid yeah. from the firm, right? She didn't work there. The reason I have my suspicions, though, is you'd you think that in a legal dispute of this sort, you wouldn't be on the show. Yeah. But she still went on the show. And when she did, it seemed like she was controlling the narrative. Smart, if you're not a layperson, right? It, it, usually the the advice is, hey, be quiet, right? Let your lawyers handle it. This seemed like quite the opposite with Erica, right? It was go on the show and control the narrative, right? And to me, okay, fine, control the narrative. We're gonna hear the narrative, and it makes me curious, how lay are you? I don't think you're that lay. I think you're very knowledgeable. Actually, even at some point, she threatens her co-stars um, that if they um, lie on her name, she's going to come for them, which, a.k.a., she they, they really understood as defamation, yeah. right? She yeah. They understood that as slander. Like, yeah. these are very much sophisticated individuals. I wouldn't say they're fully lay. I would say yeah. that by virtue of the years that she's worked alongside Girardi, I wonder how much you know. Oh, right? yeah.
0: I mean, so just to kind of back up, uh, the controversy arose because... She files for this divorce, right, preemptively, um, and we know that divorces, at least here in California, more than seventy percent of the time, they're initiated by women. But you know, there was some issue of spousal support whether she did, but it was really someone like Gerardi essentially rolled over, gave over half the estate, half I mean estate, half of the community property, right. So all of a sudden, half of the assets are protected, right, because they're Erica Jane's creditors can't go after them. Even you kind of this very interesting intersection between family law and bankruptcy, right? Because Geordi files for bankruptcy, but Erica does not. So all of a sudden, half the money is with Erica Jane, and that's right. setting aside obviously all the controversy about the jewelry and gifts. And I mean, obviously yeah. she wasn't the only one getting gifts, I mean, right? You know, so right.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, that that you know, there's there's a whole lot there, but you know, the the divor- I think the timeline of the divorce is just questionable. And if you think about it sometimes, if you're really sophisticated, if you're Tom Girardi sophisticated, you could use divorce proceedings to avoid all kinds of financial issues, right? It could it could be a decoy to move funds, could be a decoy to move title to property, right? So, um, you know, and, and not only that, I think that how early they started, um, especially given how close all the other proceedings are... Um, it just raises suspicions now I don't know if that's enough to to point the finger and say aha this is definitely a sham right I wish that actually more of the pleadings that existed out there the lawsuits as they existed weren't so much on information and belief were actually based on a little bit more but, I mean, how do you, you know, how do you allege that? How do you prove that until you get further in discovery and find out more? And that's why I think that there's going to be a lot more when it comes to their divorce. There's going to be a lot more when it comes to their bankruptcy. Um, and I think that there are going to be looming questions about how bonafide are you? We already know she had to give back the earrings, right? Sure, yeah. So maybe it wasn't bonafide there, or maybe we're able to trace the funds there, but... Um, I think there's there's more to that, you know, to that pot.
0: Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you have divorce here used as, you know, in some ways, potentially money laundering scheme, an asset protection plan, whatever the case may be. certainly not your typical Hollywood divorce. Let's talk before we go to the bankruptcy proceedings. Um, let's talk a little bit about it. you alluded to Girardi's MO, right? Yeah. How, is he, how is he stealing these client funds? Um, let's talk about it.
1: I, you know, I always, I was always curious, right? Like, how do you do it? Do you, would you put the money in the trust account and then take it, right? Because you get a settlement check, right? You got the, the burn victim settlement check, right? You put it in your trust account and then what? Do you transfer it to your own account? Well, that's traceable, right? So I, he didn't do that. He didn't put the money directly in his account and just not give it. He didn't do that either. What I think he did and what I, what, what's, what's alleged out there, I think is even worse, which is that he turned around and then entered into a separate agreement with these clients and the things that he would lead them down you know the things that he would tell them is like oh the judge the judge wants you to have it incremental it's like wait what judge yeah. right like there there is no judge at this yeah. junction or he'll say things like i want you know I, I want what's best for you which as an attorney is something that it's a part of your fiduciary duty right but m- more importantly you know he'd say i want what's best for you and then he would s- give them incremental Um, funds, but not enough. So the MO, I think, proves a lot of malice. You went out, you thought about how to enter into this agreement. You thought about the legality of it. You figured out loopholes into it. You've made it adhere to the code because you can enter into a transaction with a client if you cover the red tape, if you go around the right, you know, procedure. Um, But this was all bad, right? The victims actually just ended up with all the harm. So I think the MO is just bludgeoning right um yeah
0: no it was bad um it was bad i think in some instances majority did a decent job of covering it up but in some instances not so good like money's and gifts paid from the trust account, client trust account, to let's call it his friend, let's yeah. call it his side chick. What do you want to call it, Matthew? Uh, <laughs> well,
1: the 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 LA Article Times, you know, yeah. calls it uh, Judge Bigelow, and yeah. so you know he you know he's made he's made transactions there that we know of, um, and you know the the problem is. I think he got desensitized, probably. That's what my assumption is. My gut tells me he got desensitized. He's just at a point where he's just shelling it out, Yeah. right? He's just whatever account, right? So he's taken some steps to protect himself there, but um, protect yourself from what, really? You know, a wrongdoing.
0: Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, Judge Bigelow uh, apparently had some sort of relationship with Girardi. Um, she I think was also in the Court of Appeal. I don't know if you ever dealt with she's her. She's a justice. Yeah. I never dealt with her. I uh, yeah. never dealt with her. Um was in the Court of Appeal. I think she's retired now, maybe yeah. mediator, probably not mediating too much anymore. But yeah, I think she got a down payment for a condo from Girardi, a yeah. bunch yeah. of other gifts. Yeah. So
1: can I tell you something though? She wrote the book on some criminal procedural stuff mm-hmm. in in California. I mean, she taught a lot, you know, she you know, her legal work in and of itself, I mean it's 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 a body of work. It's you know, it's it's a whole thing, but um, the implications I think um, are 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 quite bizarre. Now with that being said, I think if I'm not mistaken, I read somewhere um, she made right with the uh, with the uh, bankruptcy yeah. proceedings, and they, I believe, are not you know pursuing anything.
0: Yeah, I think she did give whatever she received back, um, certainly a stain on her reputation just being associated with Girardi again. uh, I think her position was, well, I didn't know the source of the funds. I don't have access to Girardi's trust account and that type of thing. Uh, But it's unclear, again, if any of the checks that went to her – did say Gerard and Keys client trust account. Right. Just don't know, um, there's some allegations out there. We haven't talked about the bankruptcy too much, but let's talk about that a bit. Um, obviously, um, there's a lot of creditors, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and all the assets go into the bankruptcy proceeding in the estate, you got a trustee here, they recently auctioned off uh, their Pasadena home. Um, you know, obviously we've talked about the jewelry, you know, and all these sort of, items of art and sports memorabilia, and it's got a lot of uh, media attention, both traditional and social media, but it's certainly nowhere near enough to pay all these clients and all these creditors, I, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was reading somewhere, um, they had an auction that ended up with like pennies. I mean, yeah. you know, hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars versus the millions that are owed. I also watched a deposition from him from those proceedings. Um, it was a videotaped deposition from his property and he was attesting to how, you know, he had $50 million laying around in cash, and that's all gone. You know, he estimated it to be 50 to $80 million. So, I mean, money was sitting around, and this guy was just plowing through it. And so, ultimately, I yeah, think— Yeah,
0: where did it go? I mean, is this guy popping bottles? Is, you know— uh, Is Erica blowing the money?
1: I mean, well— I mean there's a $20,000 transaction yeah. to EJ Global, right? Erica Jane Global. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe we could trace some of the money, but I mean, if 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 I was to, you know, have my bets, I would say that he probably blew it. I mean, at some point the guy had two jets. That's not cheap. Yeah. Um and he lived this life that was over the top, right? Um and so I think that a lot of the money's probably gone. Um whatever is left of it, I think is going to be nominal in consideration um, but I believe there may be some other way for these victims to collect um, isn't there like um, like a fund out there yeah. for, for individuals like them? I believe yeah. that there is there might be like some public kind of fund
0: yeah the, you know California obviously has like, you know, the victim compensation fund yeah. and those types of things but I think it's you're talking about pennies on the dollar I think whether it's the bankruptcy proceedings any type of administrative fund or the civil litigation which there's a lot of Lots of folks have filed lawsuits, everything from vendors to clients, to other law firms. I mean, he co-counseled a lot of firms, he never paid them. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, a lot of cases pending, but again, you know, it's, I don't know, we talked about Alex Jones, you know, he just got hit with a billion dollar judgment. I don't think Alex Jones is, you know, anywhere near a billion dollars to pay. So, it doesn't matter what kind <laughs> of judgment you get, we know on the civil side, you gotta collect it. So, yeah, yeah. Do, do you think that'll ever happen?
1: Well, um, it's hard to say. I think the more that you can pin Erica Jane, um, the more that you may be able to collect in the future. Um, She's been dismissed from some lawsuits, you know, soon, not too far ago, not too long ago, last couple months. From a personal perspective, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she's still on the hook in um, in at least a a professional capacity, right? Um, I saw her touting, you know. Um, she's dismissed, but dismissed in what capacity, right? Because there's more to it. I think the more that you could pin Erica Jane could tie it in, the more that maybe these victims will have an ability to collect. Yeah. Um, but it's hard. It's difficult because it is it is possible, it is likely she's bona fide in some respects, right? She didn't know. Um how these, you know, what if it was rightful money um, that she was being paid? That's that's the assumption she was under. Much like Bigelow, yeah, yeah. Bigelow's like, well, I don't know the, tr-, you know, yeah. the 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 source of these funds. So um, I think that time is to tell, but pennies on the dollar, I think, is the message um, for these victims.
0: You know, I agree. So just to follow up on that, uh, so erica jane has been sued personally right the allocations are fraud you knew what was going on you're in cahoots with your husband well she and her lawyers filed summary judgment motions and she's gotten dismissed at least personally she's gotten out of these cases so yeah. as far as holding her personally responsible so far that hasn't happened yet so that really closes at least one door of recovery for the victims yeah um, so kind of like, let's do some final takeaways, right? I mean, you kind of do a post-mortem here. This is such a black guy for the state bar, the legal profession, personal injury lawyers like myself, people already think we're scum. And then yeah. if, you know, the most prominent personal injury lawyer, you know, plays into that stereotype, um, what, if anything, can be done going forward? We talked about all the mistakes that yeah. were made.
1: You know, that's the part that sits with me the most, Nemo, which is like guys like Evanetti, guys like Girardi, right? These guys have totally abused their license. I mean, they're a rogue version of what an attorney really ought to be, but they define a lot of the rep that we get, right? Um, personal injury lawyers, you hear about it yeah. all the time, they're just money hungry, things of this sort. But you know, it's funny, I actually I deal with a lot of attorneys day in and day out um, that are really rightful um, to, to the profession. Um, I think the biggest takeaway, and maybe we're undergoing it even, um, is I believe the state bar is kind of tightening up, right? Is getting a little bit more serious about some of these allegations. Um, I think that, um, with the rise of the facts of what occurred with Bigelow, um, we're seeing probably tightening regulations there. Um, I think we could avoid the next Girardi, right? There's, there are many signs along the way, um, that, that, that's there, right? So, um, it's it's easy to be able to avoid the next priority, but um, it's gonna happen, right? Uh, money's money, greed is greed, um, and this lifestyle that we're so looking to emulate all the time is not going anywhere. If anything, it's made bigger. And so I think that there are gonna be more precautions, more procedural safeguards, as there should be. Um, but how do you how do you make it go away for good? That's you know that's maybe never gonna happen. We're never gonna achieve that world.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, greed is, doesn't matter where you are, legal profession, any other profession, it's such a huge problem, especially with social media, right? I mean, yeah. a lot of this was just trying yeah. to reflect on the grams. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well, Matthew, thanks so much for joining us. You know, really such an interesting case because it touches upon so many yeah. different areas on the law and social media and reality TV. So, yeah. Thanks for coming, and thank you all for watching another episode of LA Legal. See you guys soon.